for that day that's coming. Amen? There will be a day where he will make all things new. That's what we're going to talk about today because that's where we are in the book of Revelation, our study we've been in uh, that will, for over, over a year, it'll be 48 weeks total by the time we are done with it. And we, we finally get to this moment where we're not talking about judgment and, the, you know, all those things. And we get to talk about the beauty of what is promised to you and I as followers of Christ, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what better day than for this to land than a day like today? I know if you're like me, as you turn on whatever news outlet you look at and you think about these bombings and this war between Israel and Hamas and how uh, other entities are involved in that in other ways, certainly can be concerning, can it? And so I wonder, are you concerned about the day in which we live? I don't know how you could be if you turn on the news. But even if you're not concerned about the world, uh, what's happening in our world, uh, maybe you're just concerned about things in your own life. We prayed about two big ones just a moment ago. Certainly that, the, the war that is taking place and things that are going on with Israel and Hamas and some of those other things. But we talked about health concerns, right, and cancer. I know many of us are touched by that, have been touched by that, or, and it's really just uh, the tentacles, if you will, of, of health concerns, and cancer touches all of us in such a hard way. But even if that's not something you deal with specifically or personally, there's a whole host of other things that, that give us pause in our lives, that give us trepidation, that gives us concern. And my goal is not to remind you of all those things necessarily, but I just want to communicate with you and help you connect that whether you realize it or not, there's things that are concerning in our lives children and are we raising them the way we should or did we raise them the way they should you know all those things are a constant concern John wrote this vision he saw from heaven and he was instructed to deliver it to churches full of people like you and I who were facing similar concerns and it wasn't just way over there it was at their doorstep persecution difficulty and John wrote down these things he saw in this vision and God instructed him to give that to them to give them courage to face what lay before them to give them a hope to give them an understanding of a future that would no longer encompass those things any longer and my prayer today is as we read these promises in scripture to give courage to you in the midst of similar issues in a world that seems to be 
in turmoil. Chapter 21 was a promise to these people that John wrote to that all this turmoil and difficulty was only temporary and that there was a day that would come that he would make all things new. And that promise is yours as well. If you are in Christ, you can hold on, you can persevere. And what John Saul wrote down in these verses will be yours as well. And dwelling on the promises of Jesus makes all things new in a new heaven and a new earth gives us hope to face all the things that we face today and tomorrow and the days to come. It can actually give us what we need to make an impact in the world today and not be so fearful, so trepidatious that we just hide ourselves away and we just can't wait till heaven. You may have heard the phrase that a person can be so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And I just don't really subscribe to that thinking because I think the more minded on heaven that you and I are, the more we will be ready to impact the world in which we live. C.S. Lewis said it in a similar way when he wrote these words in the book Mere Christianity and he said, a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. You and I are meant to focus our minds and our hearts on the eternal world, on heaven. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. This is C.S. Lewis speaking. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the, con con the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade and left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians that have largely ceased to think of the world that they have become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither, he says. So our minds and our hearts should be focused on the world to come, on heaven and all the, all the promises that await us there can we read Revelation 21 verses 1 through 8 together and see these promises and rejoice in them and find courage would you stand to honor the reading of God's word if you're able and let's see what John saw and see what's promised to you and I he says then I saw a new heaven and a new earth a new creation for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also, saw, I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, 
God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Glory to God. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And he also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life to the one who conquers will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their shall be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I want to consider four things from this passage that will help us face these uncertain days that we live in today. There is coming a day when there will be no more chaos. Can I say that again just for emphasis? There is coming a day when there will be no more chaos. Praise God. Praise Him because... Jesus tells us, or John helps us to see this vision, and he sees what's taking place, and it says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth because the old has passed away, and then he says the sea will be no more. What does that mean? Well, it's very important that we see most of Revelation is symbolic in the sea symbolizes something. We see it again and again in the book of Revelation. The sea represents chaos, the, the waves crashing, the waves churning, right? The sea represents chaos because it represents the place from which the second beast arises. And the Bible tells us that that chaos will be no more. It was the earth from which the first beasts came and the second beast came from the sea and that all of that is done away with. There is no chaos in the new creation. This passage actually parallels Genesis where we see, we see in Genesis everything being created and in Revelation 21 we see everything being recreated. There's no need for the sun because God is there and he is our light. There's no need for the sea any longer. There's no need for uh, anything else because the water of life will be given to us through the Lord. So there's a remaking, a recreating, a, re a recreation happening in these passages to undo the old that was done. All the bad things, all the chaotic things, all the things that took place because of sin's effects on the world were wiped away. The first creation was sent into chaos fairly quickly after its inception and this this creation won't have any opportunity for chaos 
So, no war, no rumors of war, no political chaos, no strife in our relationships, no unforgiveness, no bitterness toward one another, no unresolved relationships in our lives. All the chaos that you and I face, God wipes away in His new creation. Isn't that a great truth to hold on to that one day, one day, all the chaos will be gone and Jesus will reign in order. There's coming a time when all difficulty will be done away with. Second thing we see in this passage is that God will be there with humanity. God will be there in the presence. In this new creation, God will be there with us. Jesus was named Emmanuel at his coming, found in the gospel accounts. And that word literally means God with us. In this new creation, God's presence won't ever depart. It says he will dwell with us. That, that word dwell means to take up residence, to live with us, to abide with us, to reside with us, with his people. Can we just say that in this new creation, the very face of God will be visible. Now listen, in this world in which we live in, I'm thankful for the revealed truth of God's word. You and I don't have to wait to that day to see him because we can see him. We can see him through his word. We can see him in our relationship with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit reveals him to us, but there will be a day with unveiled face, is what the scripture tells us. We will see him in all of his glory. We will see him face to face. We won't know, we will no longer have to just long for it, but we will be able to see him always. What peace it brings knowing that God will be right there with us. And no longer will we face difficulties of this world. When Jesus came and was in his ministry, he had a moment where we, we call it the, the Mount of Beatitudes where he delivered this this sermon and he shared these beatitudes that we that we that we look at and what he was really doing was describing what his kingdom was going to be like in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 will be fully realized in this new creation when Jesus said blessed are the pure in heart for they will see 
God, you and I will see him. The third thing this passage shows us is that there will be no more death or its consequences. There will be no more death or its consequences. The passage states that Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And that death will be no more. Death is no more and thus death's consequences will be no more. Grief, pain, and crying will be no more. Until that day, we, we strive, we grieve, we cry. The more we live our lives, the harder it seems to get at times. But there's coming a day, friends, when, when Jesus will lovingly wipe the tears that you've cried from your eyes. You don't have to grieve anymore. You don't have to suffer anymore. Death has no victory. Death has no, str no strength, no sting. Jesus does away with it all. Danny Aiken deems this to be one of the most precious passages in all the Bible because of these promises. Because God himself will be with us and will wipe our tears away. This passage actually echoes a familiar passage, a similar passage in Isaiah 25, 8 through 9, that was a promise, and it said the same thing. When he has swallowed up death once and for all, the Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. On that day it will be said, Look, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. This is the Lord, and we have waited for him. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation. May we rejoice now because the day is coming when death and sin and all the consequences thereof are wiped away. We praise him. The fourth thing that we see And this is not the most important, but it's, the, it's a wonderful blessing. And that is that God will give his heirs, you and I, a great inheritance. It says, the one who conquers. I mentioned the seven churches at the beginning of my message. And if you remember, this is a long time ago, 40-something weeks ago or more than that, but 40-something sermons ago, when we talked about the seven various churches and the letters that were written to them specifically and the, the praises that they received, if they received praises, and the, 
condemnations that they received if they received condemnation. But every single church was given a promise of what would happen if they conquered. This passage and others following after it tie those two things together, these promises of conquering and this moment of realized conquering for those who conquer, for those who endure, who, who, who go through the trials and difficulties that this world faces and ends up trusting in the Lord through them all. And those who conquer will be called His sons and daughters, it says, that He will be our God and we will be His children. And because we are His children, because we are joint heirs with Christ, we have waiting for us a, a fantastic and wonderful inheritance, more than you and I could fathom or understand. It's not why we do what we do. We, we do what we do because of what Isaiah 25 says, that He is our salvation and we rejoice in Him. But because we live our lives and we conquer this world and we rejoice in Him, and at the end of all human history, we are found in Him, then we have conquered and we receive these inheritances that are in this passage And he says, you will be able, if you are thirsty, to drink from the springs of the water of life. We have as our inheritance the ability for all eternity to never thirst again without being able to be satisfied by drinking from the springs of the water of life. What is that? That's Jesus told the woman at the well he says you will drink that water and you will need to come back again tomorrow and you'll need to drink more because you will thirst again and again and again but he says but if you will drink from the the water of life you'll never thirst again you and I have as our inheritance the ability to quench our thirst for all eternity to drink from the well that never runs dry to drink from the beauty of knowing Christ to drink from living water we are God's sons and daughters and as rightful heirs we receive his inheritance look what it says the one who conquers will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Friends, you can know what it means to be the son or daughter of the most high God. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells us, what these things are, these inheritances in Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace 
He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. The riches of Christ, the riches of God, the inheritances that you and I have are immeasurable. Immeasurable. And they're found in Jesus Christ. And so if you want to know those, you must trust on the Lord Jesus Christ today. Today. Why wait? This earth will leave you thirsting. It'll leave you dry. It'll leave you weary. It'll leave you hurting, weathered and torn. But Jesus Christ will give you water that will never allow you to thirst again. Jesus Christ will fill your soul from the depths of your soul and overflowing. Would you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today, friends? If you are here today and you need to know that immeasurable riches that are found in Christ Jesus. Would you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today? Would you come? I'd love to share with you at the end of the service. Would you, if, if you'd rather just talk with someone more privately, we have folks that are uh, at each of our next step table. One is here, one is out there. You can speak with them. They're prepared to do that. They'd love to share with you that truth. But don't let another day go by without trusting in Christ. I'm going to ask Jason to come. We, we have an opportunity to, to commune with Jesus and his sufferings today to remind us of his grace and mercy, to remind us of his immeasurable riches. We're going to remind ourselves of that through his body and his blood, through the uh, communion, through the Lord's Supper, through a cracker and a cup but to do that it's meant not to be a religious act but a moment where our souls are rejoicing in him and what he's done and so in just a moment I'm going to ask Jason just to play softly and I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes and just take a moment to prepare your hearts to take of this. And as you're doing that, our deacons who are going to serve us are going to go ahead and come down and prepare to do that. But would you just close your eyes and you prepare your heart and your soul to remind yourself of who Jesus is and what he's done for you. His body was broken, his blood was spilt so that he could give you an inheritance that is immeasurable. Just take a moment, prayerfully prepare your hearts. I just want to warn you, as Scripture warns you, not to take this lightly. If you're not a believer, it's not yours to take. If it's, there's any unconfessed sin, any unforgiveness, any bitterness, I encourage you not to take this unless you've gotten that right because Scripture warns us of those things as well. But take a moment and prepare your heart.
Lord Jesus, we come to you now asking that you help us not to merely eat a cracker and to drink a cup of grape juice, but Lord, that our hearts would be turned toward you, reminding ourselves of what our Savior has done for us and what our Savior will do for us because we are his. By taking the bread and the cup in this moment, we are effectively saying that we are yours and we belong to you and one day you will wipe away our tears. So help us as we commune with you, Lord, and what you did for us. Help us to live our lives in a way that is worthy. It's in Jesus' name we pray.